the latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider, brought to you by the Hyundai A-League. Be part of the action this season. Hello and welcome to this week's grand final 442 Insider podcast as we count down to the showpiece day in Australian football. Joining me in the broom cupboard is editor Aidan Norman. Hello. Online editor Kevin Ayres. Well, hey. And very special guest who's been referred to in a few of our pods as our uh, in-house Western Sydney Wanderers fanatic. Welcome, Anthony Peluccio. Who do we Woo! sing for? Yes, Before we have a distinct fan flavour to this week's uh, podcast and... Uh, find out how the fans are looking forward to this weekend. But let's start by uh, reviewing how they got there. Semi-finals. Friday night, Western Sydney. Raider continued to make history mm. with a win over Brisbane Raw to make the grand final. How do we see it? And that's one of the finest nights of football I think I've been to. Uh, Kevin, you never stopped talking about uh, the game on, on the way back. It was Friday just night. superb. Yeah, exactly. atmosphere on was... and off the field. Yeah, it was extraordinary. Yeah, um, where do you start with this night? Um, best pressing I've seen of any side in a long time, I think, on the pitch. Uh, it kind of uh, mirrored what was happening off the pitch, just the incessant sort of work rate that they have. Um, and uh, yeah, it was one of the great moments when the Poznan was done. I mean, let's not, let's get to that. Sure, I mean, you know, it's your night. When Dino Cressinger scores with a back heel after 15 minutes. I mean, it was never yeah. going to be anything other than a Wanderers yeah. win after that, was it? I think he was actually trying to go out of the way. <laughs> In all honesty. But, you know, they all care. And, uh, yeah, from that point onwards, there was only going to be one one winner. Uh, it was quite astonishing. It, I mean, the whole thing was just brilliant. Uh, I mean, Shinji's goal was outstanding. I actually could barely talk afterwards just from screaming about what a cracking goal that was as it happened. Uh, I'm not sure it was one of the best all-time goals in the the A League, but it seriously was. There was it was uh, this was mainly what I was talking about in the car. It was all precision. You know, there was nothing accidental yeah. about it in any way, shape, or form. Perfect first touch, perfect control, perfectly flighted, just past the keeper, just a touch, top corner, fine. Thank you very much. Uh, it's reminiscent of I tweeted Glenn Hoddle's goal for Spurs against Watford yeah. a few years back and then there was the Cantona goal that was very similar to that with the right foot from the yeah. same thing and then he pulled his collar up and <laughs> stood there what I loved about it was that when you look, look, look back at it he actually just pauses before he, he plays it and he kind of almost shimmies and then he plays his, his dink over yeah. Theo and it was um, yeah, it was a moment that we saw he was right in front of us as well and it was uh, a moment of magic superb. But, I mean, overall, the best team won. They pressed like I've never seen anyone press before. Um, just amazing work rate. Didn't look like they had the week off. Um, and you're lot down at uh, the RBBN were pretty noisy as well. And they talk us through it as a, as a fan's And I actually lost my voice for two days after the game. So. Yeah, I spoke to my fiance not long afterwards on Monday, and she still couldn't <laughs> speak. Um, <laughs> that's a whole other story, trying to get... She's the main part of the RBB now, and she she called me a hooligan at the start of the season. But um, no, it's it's uh, been an amazing ride. I was there the first game. I was in the first fan forums. You know, my brother was there when the RBB was named, um, and to be there in a hill on Cook Park, four thousand fifty people in the RBB, and now essentially we've got 
18, 19,000 people involved. Mm. And one of the main guys um, who's been involved the whole way, his dream was to get the whole stadium seeing. We all thought, oh yeah, three, four years down the track and it's happening already. So has that, has that been a, 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 an objective you know, that you've yeah, tried absolutely. to? Because it, it, it is one of the most noticeable things that we're used to active supporter groups at one end or in Victory's yeah. case, they've always had the north end, south mm. end. And I remember, I think, was it seasoned the last game at Olympic Park when the Victory fans had the north, mm. south, east and west going. But that was for a short period, one game. You know, this is probably the time where we've seen consistently four sides of the stadium yeah, uh, like, getting behind the team and what a difference it makes you know yeah like you know we all started our own thing people are still learning the chance but then it's always been an objective of the RBB to basically get the whole crowd involved and we've got other people who we speak to who aren't in the RBB they're on the sideline on the, the grandstands and they say with even without us asking them to do, to do it they were already starting to learn the chance clapping along they wanted to get involved so we just asked and they you know they reciprocated. Mm. I mean, obviously, you know, it's not been without its, its issues as you've gone. I mean, primarily caused through victims of your own success. You know, it's probably grown yeah, it's so grown, quickly yeah, and way quicker up. than anybody would exactly. have envisaged, you know. And, uh, you know, so you, you're, you're obviously working closely with the club and, the, and I was aware that the police, you were in conjunction with the police, so they did allow you to march slightly different route. But, you yeah, know, exactly. That, yeah, so I'm not involved with the talking to police and stuff, but I know a lot of the people that are. They're always constant in constant contact with the club, the police, security, etc. So yeah, obviously because of certain incidents they couldn't go down Church Street, so they went down Marsden Street and there's still thousands of people going down there with the police escort and people always say, you know, oh, the RBB doing this much. It's not an RBB much anymore. It's a it's a Wanderers fan much. It's like before was, when our very first game against Para FC, well, our first game at Parrot Stadium, you know, there's like a hundred of us going down the street and Church Street people going, What the hell's going on here? And now we've got thousands of people going down. And kids love it. They're taking, you have people all over the place taking photos, clapping along. We've got kids, mm. old men, mm. everything in between. It's amazing. We actually followed the, the march out the stadium uh, mm. on Friday night. And the police presence was incredible uh, at the match. You know, they had a, a full custody unit, a van, a giant sized caravan that was there just to haul anybody into if they were arrested. I don't think it was used all night. Uh, following the march, they had nine mounted police. They had two dog unit cars with dog full of dogs barking their heads off. They had two ambulance units. They had four right squad units, uh, all following. A few people in need of overtime by the same. Yeah, yeah, I mean it was it was complete overkill. But having said that, the cops were actually very good. I found mm-hmm. uh, we were obviously dressed as civilians and not part of the match per se. As oh. opposed to that pink four four two suit you went to work. <laughs> yes. Um, but you know the, the the cops. You could see that you know they were actually treating the fans, as far as we could tell, with uh, you know uh, good respect, amount of respect. It's quite funny to see the police actually getting photographs taken with the fans at That's one right. point. Yeah, they were posing with little kids, uh, yeah. which was great. You know, and it was it was respect on both sides. The the, the fans as it respect. should be exactly. Know. Yeah. yeah, I mean you know mm. it's it's everything that it should be, and it's. As usual, there was no TV cameras around to capture any of that, unfortunately. For, for me, the, the thing that really caught my eye after the game was uh, a, a group of Mexican fans, all dressed in the, in, in the, the red and black. Uh, I knew they were Mexican because I could, they were all talking Mexican, had the sombreros with the red and black sombreros. And these are guys who don't even have a Mexican player in the Wanderers team, and they, are absol- they were hugging each other. They were so happy. You know, it's just, it's just breathtaking when you see things like that. Five of them. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it's um, truly multicultural yeah. support, and uh, it's great. It's very, very good. I think the biggest challenge for the club and for the fans, though, next season is how do you build on this? You've got a full stadium. You've got support going around the stadium. Uh, where do you go with it? I don't want to see them leaving Parramatta Stadium, but I'm not quite sure how, how they actually grow it. I think they're going to have to start thinking about building up at one end. I think particularly the swimming pool end, not the, mm. the club end. I think they're going to have to think about that at some point. Yeah, but just going back to the game now, I think uh, the only thing that really soured it for me was that Hersey's not going to play in the grand final. Yeah, Two silly challenges uh, in nothing areas on the pitch. I'm you the know, first really to jump on the refs, but you know, the only himself to blame. Himself you know? to blame completely. Two uh, crap ridiculous. challenges in in you know silly just though. in neutral areas on the pitch. You know. Mm. Two tackles he didn't have to make. You know. Well, turning it up and he tackles him on the halfway line. A lot, a lot of fans of Raymond were saying, "All right, two goals up, take Hosey off," because they knew it was mm-hmm. going to happen before it happened. Yeah, because he's got that yeah. you know, discipline. So you've not got the best record when he doesn't play. So is that yeah. is that a concern? I mean, we'll, we'll preview the game specifically, but is that you know, I, the fans a little bit obviously. Yeah, you know, he's been great for you this year, but that yeah. that was just poor from him, really. Yeah, it's lack of discipline and. Um, as soon as it happened, everyone was like, oh, that's a massive loss mm. for, for next week, without a doubt. And, you know, Kubian might come in, we don't know, but um, he's, he doesn't have the same technique and skill as Hersey does, not yet. Hersey, I mean, there was something we were actually talking about even before the sending off. He is just so incredible on the ball. You know, he's got great cut, great touch, great control. Can dribble, take his man on, beat them at everything. Mm. But that final ball always just seems to not quite be there for him. Shooting's not great, final pass isn't great. So while he is very dramatic and important when he's on the ball, um, his actual final impact does seem to be lacking. So, you know, there is a balance there. They can bring somebody in who's perhaps able to deliver the final Yeah, ball I mean, and some, sometimes, the effect of a player, sometimes yeah. the effect of a player is not just limited to what he does himself. It's what he makes the other team do. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it's like when Aaron Lennon doesn't play for Spurs... Gareth Bale's generally less effective because what it allows the other team to do is double team Focus. Gareth Bale yeah. because they, they know that they haven't got another speedster on the other side. Mm, very much, you know, yeah. so often True. it's a case of Hersey staying out wide mm. and create space in the def- you know in, in the final third for other players to get on the ball. Sure. Although I guess yeah. it's, it's better to be sent off in that game than the grand final after 20 minutes or whatever. So you, you, know, you know what he's like as a player. Yeah, and that's his second red card of the season. Mm. For three, suspended three times three in the season. There you go. Yeah. yeah, one was for eight cards, eight yellows during the season and then two send-offs as well. Yeah. Uh, Popper so. didn't actually acknowledge him when he came off the pitch from what I can remember. So... Wasn't happy. He's got to be fuming. Yeah. And for Brisbane, I mean, you know, from where they were, this was a, probably the best they could have hoped for with ten games to go. Oh, I thought that was a superb effort by them. You know, semi-finals f- turnaround from uh, what they were doing under Rado. I think that's a, a huge successful season for them under the circumstances. Uh, I'm sure at the beginning of the season they would have expected to be the, the finalists, um, but given what's emerged over the the last. Few, 27 weeks, I think semi-finals got to be seen as a, a huge victory for them, uh, and give a lot of hope for next season as well. You know, um, always going to have the off-season to work with them, bring in a few of his own people, say good fun, goodbye to a few who are uh, no longer doing it for the club, uh, and yeah, I think there's a lot of hope for victory a for Roar. And I think talking to some of the the players at the A League Awards the other night, uh, you know, he's a strong-willed character from what I can gather. Very serious. Yeah. Movie. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. He, missed his uh, cute, he missed a few comedy on Mel, a night of comedy. Yeah, at times. Mel was like, you know, 
was interviewing him on stage because he won uh, W League Coach That's of right. Year. Yeah, for victory. And Mel was trying, you know, trying to, to you know, like lightheartedly about the difference between coaching men and women. Straight back. Yeah. Absolutely. Didn't get well, it. Oh, yeah, you know, well, what you got to think about with women, you know, it's like, yeah. just like very serious, very straight. Okay. Didn't crack his face. <laughs> yeah. But no, he's done a good job. I think the players respect what he's done and respect what he's doing. And um, uh, there's a. Uh, you know, from what I, from what the players were telling me, there's not a lot of positive media that comes out of Brisbane these days. It's a very much a rugby league town, so I think they always feel that when they go into state, they get a lot more respect than they get in their hometown, which is interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I liked what he was doing with Gold Coast United the short time that he had in charge there, and he, you know, he did look like there was a lot to, still to come from him. Uh, I think it's really interesting that he won the uh, the W League award because he wasn't even in charge. For most of the season, I don't think down there was he. No, he had yeah, three. It was most of it. Well, I think he missed the last. He missed the finals, I think, wasn't it? They had yeah. three in total. Three, three coaches in total down there. Over yeah, the I'm not of the sure. Season. I would have thought Stagic would would have been the obvious choice in that so one, too. but. Yeah. Uh, uh, there you go. But no, um, um, they probably have one of those rules, like you know, like we have, where employees of Haymarket can't enter our. Uh, yeah. Competitions now is employed by the FFA. Probably not, <laughs> probably not eligible. <laughs> But uh, yeah, uh, um, Barisha played the the role of the uh, pantomime villain to a to a T. As always. Um, yep. Even I think Kev, you were you were even getting a little bit upset with him at one point. <laughs> <laughs> I you know I have what I was saying in the car was um, you, we got sucked into the emotional involvement of being on the stands at, at Parramatta. You whether you wanted to or not, unless you were dressed head to foot in orange, you were going to get behind the RBB and uh, the red and black uh, on the field and as a result I really like Berisha as a striker I, I, I love in watching him and watching him rile up other players but I was getting infuriated by him uh, and you know he, he just does he, he plays that part perfectly I'll tell you what though it would be great to sign for Wanderers if they can get him uh, we well, definitely need a, need a proper striker if we're, if we're lacking a goal scoring striker. Actual goal scoring well, striker. Yeah, Dino did okay, but you know, on the night. But I think yeah, he's overall. Well, predicting Dino hat trick for the final. Um, that's what I was thinking actually. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on on to the second semi, which was Sunday. Now we we did hope to have a very special fifth guest, which would have been the the new fan fame of the bearded mariner. Yeah. But uh, he's not in the office this week. <laughs> uh, we were going to get him in to talk about the mariners. Um, Going into this, and who who did you want? Um, when you were chatting in a, on, after the game Friday night in a pub, who were you like? Who was the common? Yeah. I don't know. It's like central coach. You have to say the deserved people in the final, but everyone knows that the victory. I think would have been maybe easier to beat, possibly, but on the atmosphere in the battle between the terraces would have been off the hook yeah. if it was a victory, because mm. yeah. you know they would have come up in draws, ten thousand at least. I think, and that would have been something else. But over the course of the season, I think Mariners are the deserved, you know, are deservedly in the finals. So. Yeah. All right, well, let's talk about the game. It was solitary goal, decided it had to be. Slat Dan McBrinovich uh, popped in with his, was this? 17th? 18th, 18th of the season. Was it 18th? Yeah. 17 got the golden 17 in the yeah. regular season. Um, it was almost like... It, it was one of those guys, if this was a boxing match, it was like a heavyweight fight in a lightweight. And the lightweight guy occasionally sort of opened up and then the heavyweight guy just patted him away. Just sort of, no, no, you're right, you're right. It had that feel of a team in victory that wasn't quite there yet, 
but was pretty close. And in the Mariners, that season, sort of, yeah, we're in control of this. You know? What actually surprised me was it was so tight, to be honest. I, I really did expect the Mariners to unlock the, uh, the victory defence more than they did. Uh, I think a large part of that was down to Milligan. Uh, but geez, he took a. Well, I actually thought he's copped a lot of stick, but I thought Adrian Lyle had a really good game. For once, he did. Played yeah, really well. For once, he really, he did. He really stepped up. I actually uh, thought it, defensively it was one of their best performances. Yeah, but uh, that goes to show you how good the Mariners are. Yeah, but uh, you know, Milligan was taking a lot of abuse, uh, physical abuse. Uh, it really was a red card from Montgomery oh, early on. It was. I think that it was. That should have gone um, for that. I was quite surprised by how lenient uh, the ref was with Mariners. Um, but, you know, he eventually got there in the end uh, in doing justice. But it, it could have been a whole different story if uh, Monty had got the, mm. the red earlier on. Um, I thought victory... Uh, Mara certainly deserved to be in the final. Uh, they've, they've played better over season. Uh, but victory turned things around very well compared to the beginning. And it seems that no matter how we play around with the final series, again, we've ended up with one and two in the grand final. So for everyone that moans that... Five and six could come from nowhere, win two games. Mm. As I tipped last <laughs> week in the podcast, boys, I did tip these two teams last week. All right, so let, I mean, let's let's talk a little bit more about the Mariners and their season and, and McBreen. You know, I mean, another fantastic strike. I mean, he scored pretty much all sorts of goals this season. But mm. I can't remember scoring too many with his head. He's no, quite no, a big blow, no, but he no, didn't score true. an awful lot with his head. But again, I guess that's not really the way the Mariners play. They don't really pump a lot of balls from the no. byline in. It's more... Not uh, anymore. No, you know. Once upon a time, maybe, but not these days. It's a different team, different... And uh, th- this season as well, you know, they've, they've changed shape. Uh, and they've got more options going forward as well. McGlinchey is just an outstanding player. He's built um, so much from... I mean, last season was a bit of a breakthrough season for him, but mm. this season he's just stepped up a gear again. Mm. Uh, and Bernie too, I think, has had a terrific second half of the season since he got back from, from Belgium, I thought. Yeah, he's... he's Fabulous. Got a bit of ambition about him, I think. He, you know, he's seen what he's, he's got his eye on the goal now. And, uh, I also think he, he's benefited from the change in formation, from being that the three rather than a two up front, because I think he's much better when and much more dangerous when he's running straight yeah. at yeah. defenders. I mean, it's he's his, not his quite strength. as good when he's getting the ball played in with his back to mm. goal. Yeah, yeah. And his I he enjoys that, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I think he's, he's much more dangerous mm. running at players. And we saw that in the grand final two years ago when he came on. We came on and the, the game was stretched. Suddenly, yeah. wow, we just looked and this is the role for this sort of player. And he was even quicker two years ago. Yeah. Um, but um, just with the Mariners, uh, they're, they're a great side. Yeah. Um, there's no doubt about it. They're a great side. It's going to be I, a hell I of a battle. I saw Brett Taylor on uh, Twitter during the week said, uh, you know, if Rojas is the Kiwi Messi, then uh, Biglinci is the Kiwi Iniesta. <laughs> I, I think that's a really good description for him. Uh, it's just been brilliant to watch this season. Yeah. I love all these Kiwi references. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> How many more can we get? Where are the Aussie Messies? Where are the Aussie yeah. Iniestas? That's the thing. Okay, and, and, and for victory, I guess, you know, this is... Uh, there was there was a lot of expectation with Ange going there. I mean, probably a little bit unrealistic because it wasn't like he took all the Brisbane Raw team with him. Um, they've used a hell of a lot of players, 34 players. Yeah, and they've gotten players. rid of a few today. So got rid of a lot. Um, today? Ferreira's gone. I oh, really? I was, yeah. oh, I didn't see that. Okay. So they've, they've churned through a lot of players. He's starting to get a feel for who he wants. We've seen some players come through with a lot of promise. Um 
I mean, this you'd probably say again, they'd probably be happy with this. If you, if you compare this season to his first season with Roar, then you know this season's been more successful than his first season with Roar was. So, and I think he's still at that transitional stage. And things we compare in this season with their last season. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that, yeah. I mean, I was in Melbourne for that. It was an absolute debacle at times, but. Um, I think that just going back to the game I think it panned out exactly the way that Ange, Ange said it would be a moment of genius or probably separate the two teams and it was mm. um, but yeah victory always a little bit brittle I think this year but um, Flores for me still not quite settled into how he's supposed to play yeah. in this I, team I think he's been very disappointing the whole season to be honest uh, you know he's, he's not stepped up into that role that uh, Ange has tried to, to create for him. He has to do a lot of running in that role. I'm yeah. not sure whether that's his, you know, as a coach, you look at him, is, is that his A game, his, his, his work rate? I'm not sure. But at the end of the day, you know, the same weakness, the weakness for a victory and their undoing has been the same as it was last season, that defence. Uh, mm. If they'd conceded, you know, fra- half the goals that they mm. did. Uh, I also think that Flores would... Him and him and Finkler were starting to get a bit of an understanding in that midfield, and then when Finkler went, yeah, you know, it was he, he was choice. he was sort of on his own as yeah. the more advanced midfielder, and they were very much playing two sort of more defensive midfielders. So he ended up, as you say, with an awful lot of ground to cover, mm. and that's not really his no his game. No, and, and also Traore, Traore, you had, yeah, you had him in your, your, two, your team of the year, and you know, a massive loss again. But again, I mean, everyone has injuries, and, and Western Sydney Wanderers are the same. They've had the odd injury here and there. So, you know, I think there is hope for the future. Um, but everyone's getting better every year, pretty much, including yeah. the bottom side, Wellington. So. Um, well, very interested. No, no, I think they're going to have a good season. I think season. they might well do, but we don't know really enough about them at all, to be honest. And I, I still don't think everybody's got better. I think last some teams went backwards this season. Mm. You know, I mean, from looking at their lineup, looking at the side that they put out, you know, you'd probably say, looking at people like that, you probably wouldn't have associated with this side at the start of the season. You know, Garia, Galloway, how Axel, good was Garia? Naboo, Payne, mm. you know, there's a core coming through there oh, of really young, promising players. I Galloway think, especially, I, I like I, I thought Gary was outstanding. I think with Finkler back into the side again and Flores getting his act together, uh, victory are, you know, got to be serious challenges for the title next season. Uh, and, you know, they came very close this season. Mm. Okay. All right. That's it for part one. We'll be back in part two to preview the big one. The decider, as it's been billed, Sunday, Allianz Stadium, 4 p.m. kickoff. 4 p.m. kickoff. I think Fox Sports coverage is going to start from midday, wow. which is fantastic. So uh, we'll be back after the break. The May issue of 442 is out now, and we analyse which players from around the world are on the EPL radar as the season draws to a close. Hear why Victor Valdez says the time is right to leave Barcelona. We talk to A-League fans living in other parts of the globe and also EPL fans living in Australia, close to home, and we go one-on-one with new FFA head honcho David Gallup, and Jacko gives us the inside goss on the FFA's National Technical Seminar, 442, on sale now at your local news agents or the app store. You go to all the trouble of finding the right car, so make sure you also choose the best finance provider too. 
No, they aren't all the same. Quite simply, you shouldn't look any further than Go Car Loans when it comes to car finance because, well, simply they focus on you. With Go Car Loans, you'll receive personal service tailored to your individual needs, with the focus being on getting exactly the right loan to suit your circumstances. So get the Go Car Loans team working for you today. You can apply online at gocarloans.com.au or call 1-300-884-075. Go Car Loans. They'll give you the green light. The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. Hello, welcome back to this week's 442 Grand Final Insider. We are going to preview the big one, the decider. 4pm, Allianz Stadium. The Western Sydney Wanderers, just over a year into their existence, will host and contest the first Grand Final against perennial grand finalists, the Central Coast Mariners. So, the big question. History will be made either way. Either a, 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 you know, a new team will win the grand final at the first attempt or the Mariners will win their first grand final at their fourth attempt. Lads, we'll come to the fans shortly. Let's try and speak to the experts first. Where is this game going to be won and lost? I think it'll be very similar to what we saw in Gosford, uh, what, six? Weeks ago, hopefully like not as not as heavy rain. No, we hope not. The weather's lovely in Sydney. I, I think it'll be one of those games where it'll be an absolute arm wrestle, where a moment of magic will separate them, a la Lavi Haliti and, and Gosford. Um, Mark Bridge, yeah, he's the man for the big game. Yeah, and he well. knows how to score at the SFS or Allianz in, in a grand final. I think the longer the game goes, if it goes into extra time and shootouts, I'm going to favour the Wanderers. But if it's one in ninety. Uh, I think it might just be the Mariners and by their smallest of margins. I think if if it's going to get won mentally, psychologically, possibly in the sheds before the match, uh, you've got the Mariners there, perpetual chokers up to now. Uh, Three attempts, three failures. Where do you go with that? Is this going to be their time? They've they've missed the third time lucky bit, so is this their moment? Um, Or... Is there just going to be that nagging doubt at the back of the head that we're just never going to do, that this is always going to be our bogey uh, event, that it's just going to be the elusive dream? Meanwhile, you've got the uh, the Wanderers who are cruising this unbeaten streak. Uh, the fairy tale seems to be beckoning them. There's a chance of overconfidence for them. I think, if anything, the Tony Popovich is going to be the, the one man that can bring everybody down to, to ground earth, as he has done up to now, uh, and I think it's just going to be an epic battle. I honestly can't tell tell you who's going to win. Um, I think it's you've got so many key factors on both sides. You've got such an outstanding, stingy defence with the Mariners, uh, who are so structured, so controlled, so well turned out and drilled and trained. Uh, and then you've got the the Wanderers, who equally uh, stingy defence, equally well drilled. Everybody knows the job, knows the place. I think Hersey being not there could actually turn out to be the key factor for the Wanderers. Uh, but having said that, you know, Labanil Haliti will probably come in in his place, I would imagine. Uh, or Moy, perhaps. Or Moy. Uh, probably more Haliti, but... I think it's more likely to be yeah, Haliti to start, in that yeah. position. Uh, and, you know, he has, as 
the rest of the Wanderers team have done all season, you know, stepped up uh, and proven that you know he he can dig stuff out mm. that you would never have expected him to at the Jets. Plus, they play with with twelve men, or somebody said eleven men because you don't count Dino. But yep. you know, the fans will. There's no doubt about it that the fans will be. I think one of the players was saying that you know when they feel a little bit low on energy, that the fans can bring them up. And so that's going to be a, a mighty plus for the Wanderers. My heart, my, I want them to win, but I think my head says Mariners. The fan factor, I don't think, can be underestimated, to be honest. Yeah. You know, even standing on the stands as we were uh, on Friday night, the noise was just immense when it went round the stadium. It was huge. It's got to be an intimidating factor. I mean, SFS is going to be even greater. More noise, more people. Uh, when I was on Roof. the... More acoustics. Yeah, the the week. Broken like a true DJ. <laughs> Two weeks before, when I was on the sidelines for this, however many weeks it was for the Sydney Derby, the noise then down at ground level again was just insane. I mean, up at the far end, you could not hear mm. anything from the cover. Partly they were doing a great job at their end on the television, uh, but you couldn't hear a sound from them. It was just this wall of noise coming at you. Uh, so it's got to be a, a factor. I, th- I think the game the game sold out this morning. There were Sort of around 2,000 tickets only left for general public after uh, mm. the, the football family had got their mitts on most of them. So, uh, yeah, interesting allocation method though. You know, the, the club members got two tickets each, football family were allowed four tickets each, and general public were allowed eight tickets each. I think that should be the other way around, surely. Uh, for the future. Uh, yeah, but I think, I think when there was only 2,000 left, I think the objective was to get rid of them as quickly as possible. Yeah, yeah. they're just going to end up in the hands of scalpers when you can sell eight at a time. Mm. I, I think the key to this game is, um, I think the last is it 20 minutes or so against Victory, the Mariners really did look like they were a boxer who was, you know, talking about the boxing, they looked like they'd been punched out because... They played in in Asia during the week. A number of them have played in Asia during the week, and I think they did look tired. And I think the longer this game goes, and that the intensity that the Wanderers play, will will be one of the factors in this game. If they haven't already taken the lead, Maras have proved to be incredibly fit. I don't know. The last twenty minutes, they sat back. I mean, I thought they sat back in the last twenty, and they looked exhausted to me. Uh, I think, given their their schedule and the games they fitted in, and you know, while uh, Arnie's done a bit of rotation. On the mo- on the whole, it's been a fairly settled lineup for uh, the A League at least, uh, and they've escaped with relatively few injuries. Ar- Andrew Clark's got them in good shape. Um, no, I, I wouldn't necessarily rely on taking it to extra time to to force. A, a I'm just sa- I'm just saying that I think the Wanderers are, are going to go in this game as a fitter team. And I think they'll be able to, in, in extra time, if it's in extra time, I think they will be the fitter team come extra time and they'll look to try and knock them Certainly, out. Certainly, I mean, the, the, this, the way the Wanderers have been turned out over the season has just been incredible. Yeah. I mean, I've never, ever, we've seen Nikolai for, what, six years? Yeah. He's been in the league. Incredible shape he's in now. And, yeah. you know, he's never looked as good as he is Bridgie at the too. moment. Yeah. Uh, just lean, mean muscle, mm. fantastic. Well, who, who comes in for Montgomery for the Mariners? You'd presume Batsanich would come in? Yeah. yeah, scored yeah. in a grand final before for the Mariners, yeah. and he was the Olyroo captain, I think, last year. Was it? Uh, so he hasn't quite um, become the regular that we thought he would be. Just a, a testament to the, the strength of the, the Mariners squad though, mm. that he's he's been squeezed out because I don't think anybody would deny he's a talent. Uh, mm. Did they lose anything? Do you think by having Bozanich in for Montgomery? No, I think Montgomery 
adds Hutchison-esque uh, balls to the side, uh, Burns-esque balls to the side, as it were. But and Bazanic certainly doesn't bring that element to the game. But he has every bit as much skill, if not more, than Montgomery. I think. Mm. And one area that that games, grand finals, cup finals are often won or lost is is between the sticks. Probably two of the best keepers throughout the season on display. I'll see Ante Kovic mm. won, uh, won the A-League play, uh, goalkeeper of the season. You'd probably say that Matt Ryan must have run him pretty close. I don't think Matt Ryan had, the, had his best season. I thought he was better. I, I thought season. Theo, I think was, I thought Theo season, was ahead of him season. for me, Mike Theo. Yeah. Um, I, I think he's, he was better protected by his defence perhaps this season, so he had less to do. Mm. Only conceded 22 goals in 27 games, only bettered by Kovic. Mm. Yeah, I think that's testament to the the defence unit as a whole, including Matt. He's part of that defence. Oh, he is. And I think Kovic has, or Chovic has, Bozza pronounced it correctly, I might add. (laughs) Correctly, Antic Chovic. Um, He's saved more penalties than pretty much anyone, certainly more than Matty Ryan. And I think they've scored more penalties. He's taller. He's taller, much taller, much bigger, You'll much more experienced. Forget, forget that, will you? Actually, Matt, Matt was talking about his height the other day and saying that he might not be the right height for the, you know, the biggest leagues in the world, but he might be you know, in the next level. But, uh, yeah, I think they def- there's an advantage to the Wanderers in, in having Ante Chovic there, for sure, especially in the penalty shootout, if, there, if it comes to that. Mm-hmm. Tony, where, as a fan looking at this, where, what, what gives you hope? And what are the areas where you've got concerns? Uh, hope, well, not hope. We know consistently throughout the season we've had the best defence in the league. So have the Mariners, as by one goal, like you said. Um, it, something like penalties. Kovic hasn't conceded a penalty all season. The only one that did was Dorpiero, but that was retaken. Um, our defence is great. Our midfield is really solid as well. Has been all season. Like Polyak's been a rock, the unsung hero, I think, of the midfield. Um, attack is as it always is it sort of comes from a bit of everywhere Bridge has played really well the whole season Dino we're predicting a hat-trick can only hope <laughs> but um, uh, it's, it's going to be it's going to be like I think Adrian said before it's going to be a really tough game like it was in Gosford um, a few weeks back but hopefully that game Central Coast had, had it over us I think they were the better team but we just got that lucky counter-attack um, I'm hoping it'll be we'll have more of an attack in now because we're at home. It's got to be at least us. We had 19,000 at the semi. Heaps of people missed tickets. A lot of people missed tickets. So you're going to think there's going to be about 25,000 Wanderers fans at least mm. there. Yeah, and possibly more. Possibly more. Mm. Um, so we'll definitely have the home ground advantage. And it's a bit funny how we're going to be in the COVID scene. Is that right? Is that what yeah. yeah. And what, what are the areas where you look at it and you think, okay, if that happens, we might struggle? You know, are there any weaknesses that you look at the team and think, yeah, that could be a problem for us? I think it's that right-hand side, I think. Um, Pollins links up with Hersey really well. Um, they're best mates, they live with each other and everything. Um, and you can see when Hersey comes off with and someone else is there, there isn't quite that chemistry. Um, and with her, like Kevin was saying, Hersey's always last ball, he's always falling over. His last ball is not the greatest, but he's constantly harassing the defence. Mm. And he's always got like his, he, he's very good at weaving through defence, having his back to the player. Whereas someone like um, Kubi, when he plays, he just goes head on, and he always gets taken out. Like um, Grant was taking mm. him out easily during and the, the derby. difference is that he was a New South Wales Premier League player, and he played Holland at the highest level. Yeah, exactly. Level, so yeah, so the, yeah if there's 
like we were saying after the semi, the biggest loss is Hersey at the front. But hopefully later, Halini might come in mm. and do a good job. And he can take off his shirt without a problem. It's a grand final. So. <laughs> My concern is that Polens goes off early. Um, and so suddenly you've got a team without Polens and Hersey. And, and if Bridge is struggling, you know, I just, I just, I'm concerned that that injury that, that uh, happened in the semi is going to come back because whatever it is... Yeah. It sounded like it was very precautionary. Like he said, his, his quad was a bit playing a bit funny, so they took him off. So hopefully he hasn't... Just Hiddick can uh, bring somebody else on for the first half hour and then let Plens take the last hour. Just upset yeah. the balance. Mm. Do the unpredictable. You got any uh, decent TIFOs planned? I don't think we're allowed TIFOs anymore. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, yeah, for multiple reasons. We, we had a great one planned for the Sydney Derby. It, was, it looked amazing, but we couldn't do it. And I don't think we're... We'll, we'll probably it's just usual like, flags mm. and confetti, things like that. But there won't yeah. be... There won't be any pullovers or Nothing anything like special. that. I'm, I'm guessing there'll be a fair few stickers stuck around the cove. Possibly. Wondrous stickers. <laughs> <laughs> Little I, message. I don't think I can comment on that, but yeah. <laughs> the uh, the memorabilia has been insane on eBay this week. I saw WSWFC Reggio plate going for 12 grand. 12 grand. 12 grand. There was uh, a signed shirt framed for $1,200. Why? Uh, so yeah, it's, it's big business. A lot of business. There was a few other things as well, but I can't remember them all now. But, yeah. Okay. All right. We'll start with the fan prediction. Score, scorers. I uh, will say, I think it would be either 2-0 or 2-1. Wanderers. I'm not going to say Mariners, of course. Um, I'd say Bridge and... I think Dino could actually do another one, to be honest. We'll go for Dino, why not? Every optimist. I know. <laughs> Look, I'd, lo- I'd love Wanderers to win it in, in extra time, 2-1, but I've just got a, got a feeling that the Mariners might just win it in, ex- in, in normal time, 1-0. Uh, I've got a feeling it'll be 2-1 as well. I think it'll also be extra time, but I also think it'll be Mariners that'll win. I'd love it for the Wanderers to be uh, to fulfil the fairy tale, but yeah, just... Uh, that extra bit. What about uh, our guest? Yeah. What we have does she cent- think? We have a Central Coast Mariners guest. Oh, on got the, someone on the phone? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It was going to be the bearded mariner. The bearded mariner? It's the unbearded mariner. It's uh, MasterChef winner, Julie Goodwin, who is a, uh, a massive Mariners fan. Uh, and the cooking mariner. Yeah, the cooking mariner. <laughs> we couldn't get the bearded mariner, but we've got a MasterChef winner. Uh, and chef. she's just got her tickets today. I think she's got the last one she could get. Um, so she's going to be supporting the Mariners. This is what she had to say earlier today. What's the excitement like on the coast this week in the lead-up to the grand final? Oh, everyone's just buzzing with it. It's the front page of the paper. Um, my son's actually on the front page of today's local paper, waving his Mariners flag okay. at, the, at the game. They, he just happens to be the person they photographed. So okay. hilarious. And, um, yeah, we, I mean, my younger son, Paddy, is absolutely passionate and um, my husband as well, so it was a family thing. Mm. And, Julie, if they did finally win a grand final on Sunday, how would you celebrate? Yeah, for sure. I, I have cooked for the Mariners before. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
So it looks like it's all round to Julie's for a, for a nos up then if uh, if the Mariners win. Yeah, so. I think Laurie's going to be there as well, from what I can gather. All right, I, I I'm predicting it's going to be one all after ninety minutes, and I'm going to go Wanderers. I think a, another. In extra time? I think an oh no winner in extra time oh, is going to seal it. Beautiful. Yeah. All You're right. writing the script, aren't you? I am. Yeah. I'm writing the script, and then we'll finally see Popper let loose. Just one thing on the on the. Premier's play, I was just, I didn't like the presenting of it and that. I just thought it was, you were sort of forcing them to celebrate when you probably, if you're the coach, you probably like guys. Just, just give it to them at the last. If they're away, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't. I think the. I agree. I think it. I think it's a no-win situation to be honest. If they then want to, you know, do a procession of it at their next home game, that's up to the club. Yeah. I think I don't. I but think imagine if they'd have lost. If they'd lost, it would have looked stupid. But also, if they presented them at Newcastle, they'd have come under fire because none of the, the, the all the fans weren't there. There was only a select but few. They didn't get the chance to celebrate properly. It diminishes the the value of the Premiership plate. Premiership plate. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying those are actual definitive answers, but I think it's arguments that could be put against it yeah. quite uh, solidly. But um, they did have, did have the premiers played up in Newcastle <laughs> in the end. A salad plate, a salad salad plate from the corporate box. Yeah, which looked, it actually looked arguably slightly better than the real thing. I think so. Many, as many as as would say so. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's it for part two. We'll be back in part three just to review the A League and W League awards that happened this week, and uh, just a quick roundup of any other news from our website au.442.com. Buying a car is a big commitment. You need to make sure you have the right car at the right price before you sign on the dotted line. So the best thing to do before you buy a car is log on to the Behind the Wheel website. At behindthewheel.com.au, you'll find dozens of unbiased and independent new car reviews. Browse by different manufacturers and find exactly what's right for you. While you're at behindthewheel.com.au, check out the latest car industry news, read motorcycle reviews and news, and pick up some handy road safety tips to don't sign anything until you visit behindthewheel.com.au. If you're a sports lover, and let's face it, everyone loves sport, there's one website you need to remember, sportstalkradio.com.au. Our team of sports experts have the latest news, opinions, results and previews from Australia and around the world, covering every sport you can think of. Except curling, we don't know anything about that. For curling, use the search engine. For everything else in the world of sport, head to sportstalkradio.com.au. Back to 442 Insider. Hello, welcome back to the final part of this week's 442 Insider podcast. We'll have a quick look at the awards that happened this week, the Night of Nights, where... Uh, Melbourne Victory's Marco Roas swooped and won Young Player and Player of the Year. First time that has been done in Australian football since one Mark Viduka mm. did it when he was at the Melbourne Knights. Uh, that's correct, yeah. yeah. Around about 1994. Um, the voting was quite interesting because they actually released the number of votes. He received 908 votes. His closest rival was uh, Del Piero on 449. I was surprised. I thought Del Piero would be closer than that, if not the winner. Yeah, I guess, uh, I suppose from a player's point of view, you can't vote for your teammates. Uh, so that rules out Sydney votes. And um, 
it's possibly just too predictable for the other teams to oh yeah Del Piero is going to get it so I'm going to do something more interesting uh, Rojas was setting the, the daily light though at the beginning of the season it, yeah. it, it would be hard to look past him uh, at the beginning and then once that momentum kicks in you just you're like more likely to uh, go back to what you already have voted for okay uh, Brisbane Roars Claire Polkinghorne received the Julie Dolan medal for the Westfield W League player of the year uh, Tamika Buck received uh, Players Player of the Year. Um, Adelaide United's Awir Mabil picked up National Youth League Player of the Year. As we already said, Ante Kovic, or Ante Chovic, as Bozza pronounced it, uh, picked up Goalkeeper of the Year. And Mackenzie Arnold uh, picked up the same award for the W League. Uh, Daniel McBreen collected the Nike Golden Boot for 17 goals in the regular season. Uh, Katie Gill, 442's Katie Gill, picked up the... Uh, W League for 11 goals. Uh, Brisbane Raw head coach, as we said, Mike Mulvey, picked up W League coach of the year. And uh, Popper picked up uh, A League coach of the year. Receiving his award from Holger. Was mm. that symbolic, do we think? Uh, passing of the torch, maybe. Who knows, one day. Um, can I, just going back to Katie mm. Gill, 11 goals in 10 games plus the, the final series, that's yeah. bloody impressive. That's yeah. super impressive. Well, she scored a few in Sydney in, in a remarkable game against Sydney FC in the W League at uh, Allianz. Um, it's a cracking side, the Perth Glory side. But I just wanted to go back to the night. I thought it was an excellent night. Um, Daniel, Daniel McBreen's uh, breakdancing on stage. Doing the worm. Doing you the worm. the B League boys. Yeah. Um, Andy Harper's literary references. Uh, yeah, he just, he's, he's like the Jim Courier. Spawning salmons. Yeah, he just, he's just comes up with it all the time. Um, and uh, yeah, no, it was a great night. Marcus Flores, goal of the season. Deservedly, mm. I thought. I thought that was the best goal. Which one was it? The, the interchange with Finkler. Oh, the ticket tacking one. Yeah. And then the outside the foot oh, finish. That, yeah, that was, that was a sensation. Although I do think, I, I've always thought this about goals of the season. There needs to be two categories. There needs to be individual, individual goal of the season yes. and team goal of the season. Yeah, yeah. Because they're I two agree. such different mm. things. I don't think you can compare totally a long 40 yard screamer. With a 15 pass mm. move. Yeah, you know? so I agree. this should be individual goal, team goal season. Mm. I've said it. I've wanted to say it for years. There it is. I agree. Exactly. I, I, and also, I think Rojas would have won an individual for, for either one of his two goals against Newcastle Jets. Mm. Um, so it would have been a victory. Yeah. Yep. Brisbane Raw picked up the uh, Fair Play Awards for both men and women. Uh, Peter Green received his first mm. A League Referee of the Year. Has he been named as this weekend's referee? I believe he has. I'm, I'm sure. So that, I think I saw his. It was picture. on Twitter. I don't know whether it was from a reliable I, source. I think, on I think or a the hint there was yeah. a speculation that he was going to be named. Well, you'd think so. You would hope so. He's, he has actually been very good this well, season. Well, you sort of hope that the referee, the referee of the year, of the year gets the grand final. Because yeah. yeah. uh, this is an award given by the general public, you know, so it's yeah. awarded by people that know what they're talking about. So. Jeremy and Kate Jackowitz was uh, W League. I'm not actually sure that anybody else referees W League games because she's no. won it every year. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> she could have had a terrible season and still won it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it was interesting talking to some of the players, speaking of refereeing, Jacko, just talking to some of the players off the record as you do at awards nights. And no doubt about it, the refereeing is, is a major talking point with the players. And, and uh, what I got from the players I spoke to was that the players feel that there's so much more money spent on you know, GPS systems and all of that, you know, the preparation of teams and the professionalism, but the referees are not at that level at all. 
and they want to see this, they want to see a change. They don't want to see the game blown up all the time. Yeah, I mean, there needs to be more consistency. I mean, the difference between the two referees, and uh, not necessarily the semis, but the elimination finals, mm. was just immense. You know, one referee blowing for the merest of mm. touches, and the next referee letting bloody uh, savage the butcher tackles go yeah. yeah. for nothing. Uh, one of them is wrong, clearly. I don't know which. Well, I think they're both wrong, actually, in the, uh, under those circumstances. Mm. Uh, there's got to be better referee training. There's got to be better referee uh, coaching. But just going back to the, the player of the year, I mean, look, Rojas is a fantastic player. I, I still think that ADP was, the, for me, the player of the year. Because no. he played in a poor side no. for most of the year. Uh, Del Piero was outstanding without a doubt, but I think Rojas was a more exciting player. Exciting, yeah, but I, don't, I think exciting makes you the best player. Oh, I think he was exciting and the best player. Uh, uh, Ant, take you... Red and black teams, oh, glasses off for a oh, minute. I'm who would you say, as an A-League fan, there's been the best player for you? Who would you have given your votes for? I'm a massive... Well, I'm Italian, so I'm a massive Italian fan, massive Juve fan. I'd, I'd say Del Piero. If, if he wasn't in the Sydney side, Sydney would be last by a mile. And oh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm just, yeah. I'm just yeah. so glad... Because, you know, when sometimes you get a big name comes down and they don't perform or something yeah. like that, I'm, I'm just glad he's come down and he's shown his class. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's not even what he's truly capable of like he's 38 years old mm. um, I'm just glad he's come down and shown what, he's, what he can do yeah, I, I think, think that for me that, that sums up how I feel is that if you take Rojas out of victory and you take Del Pierre out of Sydney that's where you see the difference in the yeah, two yeah but that, that's a reflection of the teams not necessarily the, the players though. You know, the no, it's a reflection of the players no I don't think it is you take Del Pierre out as a player out of Sydney what do you, what do you have with yeah. this I, I personally would have given it to Del Pierre because I just think that in so many games here where he's put on a masterclass. And, and as you say, in a poor side. Yeah, yeah but I, th- I think there's also been a lot of games he faded, and we tend to forget about that. There, there were games where he was a few games where Rojas was pretty anonymous towards the end of the season, yeah. in the second half of the season. The, he was, but at the beginning of the season, he made a huge impact, and he was spectacular to watch. Rojas uh, and Del Piero yes he was I, I mean I think we've been very very lucky overall that we've had we, we're in a position where we can have this debate uh, we've been treated to seeing Rojas uh, been treated to seeing Del Piero I think it's surprising that Flores and Broch didn't feature uh, don't feature in this debate at all after what we've seen from them previously and the fact that uh, Bessart Barisha scored almost enough goals to win the golden boot on a, a terrible side and again isn't really featuring this conversation but I think when you look at you look at Victor, you look at Rojas, you look at Thompson and Rojas together. Whereas I think Del Piero really didn't have anyone with him; it was him on his own. I see what you mean from that, certainly. Yeah, but I think albeit for Griffiths for a very short time. Yeah, uh, I think that was an undeveloped partnership, uh, underdeveloped partnership. But I still think Rojas was an exceptional talent this year. Yeah. Uh, and I, yeah. I really enjoyed watching it and I loved watching Del Piero as well uh, I think yeah. he's just been very spoiled for choice well, Staying with uh, Rojas uh, he's moved to Europe maybe one step closer um, Bundesliga looking a likely destination Kev, any word on the street? On uh, well I mean there's, there's <laughs> I think during the course of the day I've seen every single Bundesliga club <laughs> named as his likely uh, destination right, eh? somebody must have got it right but uh, so far we've got Werder Bremen Nuremberg Wolfsburg Stuttgart uh, and that's just the beginning I think Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund were the only two that haven't been named but I think we're talking about uh, Winton Roof the connection with Werder Bremen Winton Roof of course the great you know, arguably the greatest ever 
Kiwi player. Yep. And he, he was famous for playing for Verde Bremen, so correct me if I'm wrong. Interestingly, um, Rojas was saying that uh, Liverpool and Juventus connections have not, nothing's come of that. Uh, and at the time, we were saying, well, I wonder what the Juventus uh, interest was. It was obviously Del Piero putting his name forward. Nothing more came of that. Uh, and Liverpool would a speed possibly have something to do with Lou Sticker being in negotiations at the time with Liverpool for a Melbourne victory match. Uh, but again, nothing more came of that. Uh, so yeah, Bundesliga. What do you think of Germany as a, as a destination? I for think it's a very exciting destination. I think it's the place where everybody wants to be at the moment, to be honest. It's definitely the league of the future. Well, <laughs> league of the future. It's the legal. It's a, it's one of the best leagues in the world. Mm. It'll be interesting to see how he develops. I mean, I, I look at him and I look at Musti Amini, and from what I can gather, Musti's really bulked up. He's been more of a six than he used to be, more of a ten. Yeah. Um, it'd just be interesting to see how the Germans, you know, react to a player like him who is very small. Um, oh, he's up on stage. He looks about fourteen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. him and McGlinchey together. I mean, it's like a couple of schoolboys. I mean, he looks young in his football kit. He looks even younger dressed up smart. Yeah. yeah. It's one yeah. of those players. That's true. It was funny actually. The the post award press conference is a picture of him just surrounded, and it's like a school kid, you know, being surrounded by adults. It's it's just ridiculous. Yeah. But you know, that's uh, hence the whole Kiwi Messi thing. You know, Messi's a tiny player. Yeah, and uh, and Kev did win hashtag A League hashtag of the year <laughs> for Kiwi Messi. Oh, that was, that was the other. Yeah. was an unofficial award that we yeah. gave out afterwards. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, we've talked Del Piero. I mean, obviously, on the eve of the season, the talk was Del Piero, Heskey, Ono. Um, all of them, in their own way, I think, have delivered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. it, for the environment. Um, all of them are staying. Yeah. Which, yeah. to me, is yeah. the best thing about it. Is yep. you know, it's gone from a one-night stand to a relationship. Well, look at it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy to come for a year, isn't it? You know, I mean, I'll have a look. But all of them have come immersed themselves in it and, and have stayed for another, mm. you know, gone back for more. And, and Heskey's... <laughs> and Hes- what? No, I'm, just, I'm just not touching that allegory at all. <laughs> not is it an allegory or a metaphor? Met- uh, it's one an allegory. Two, one yeah. two. Is it an allegory What's or a metaphor? What's wrong with that? Yeah. What I will say is Heskey's doing the, ca- doing the coverage in the UK of the game that's been shown in uh, of the A-League Grand Final. He's actually part of the coverage over there, which is oh, great, okay. great to see. He'll be oh, able to cool. give some more insights into the, into the league. And I, I agree with you. I think having them all stay, not one, not two, all of them, says a lot about this country as a place to live and also to, as, as a football venue now, a football uh, destination. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, it's also... Uh, we're respecting the marquees a lot more and working with them to get the best out of them a lot more. I thought the way that Janino was treated by Sydney, for example, uh, during that time, was awful. You know, because Mina seemed to treat him like he was foisted upon him, and mm. uh, there was no attempt to really get the best out of him. And as a result, he left. And uh, I think we're really working hard to to see the best of these mm. guys now. And that's but could we have got sign. three better marquees? I and mean, we just lucked it in. Not also, Janino was targeting quite severely on the pitch as well. And I think whilst Del Piero has been fouled a lot. I think that's the type of player he is. Oh yeah. You know, I don't. I don't think that anyone's gone out of their way to try and hurt him. You know, mm, to take him out hurt, of the game. Not necessarily hurt him, but certainly he was getting targeted. Of course, he was. he's the number ten. He runs serious, the game. But what I mean is, challenges. like, you know, deliberate, like, body checking off the ball and so like Janino. People knew Janino had a bad shoulder, yeah. and they were targeting him yeah. in games. Yeah. You know, away from the ball. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I think we've moved on from that. 
But also, you know, if, if your club goes and spends a million bucks on someone, the guy plays. Oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and you make him feel bench, welcome. So, yeah, yeah uh, I'm in charge. You know. Yeah. So. But look, if you want to, if you want to know what it's like to have a season with Del Piero, read Four Four Two Magazine. Next issue, not the one currently out. Uh, we sat down with Peter Triantis, um, who's gone from being a barista and a part-time football to a regular starter at Sydney FC. Great kid, and his story of my season with Del Piero is in the next issue coming out. What's well, in the current one? We're on sale now. We're on sale it's now. Uh, it's got APL Radio on the cover. We go one-on-one with David Gallup, uh, and we've got A-League fans from around the world telling us their stories. A-League Passions with Dicko, lots more. It's out on the stands now. It's, uh, Robbie Cornthwaite, Victor Valdez, um, and uh, a certain player called Radamil Falcao. We have a look at how he is going. Plus, Michael Ballack's Masterclass and lots more. Out now. Cool. On the iPad, on Zinio, mm-hmm. if you uh, got one of them Android things. And uh, just to point out once again, David Gallup, great pictures with that. Fantastic pictures. Fantastic from pictures. Kev. But actually, it's a really interesting chat because he was answering uh, readers' questions and uh, gave really good insight into uh, his job at the FFA and mm-hmm. how he sees the future. Interesting. The other night, he, he stood at the top of the uh, the red carpet all night and welcomed every single person. Really? Yeah, every single official person. Do you know who never did that? Ben Buckley never yeah. did that. And it, I thought it was a, actually it was brilliant because some people actually haven't met him. Yeah. And he, he literally stood at the top yeah. and just welcomed each person in and introduced himself. That is actually a, a really, really, really good really move. Nice. But um, yeah, 442 Magazine is out now. Go and buy it. It's a cracker. And if you are going to the game on Sunday, uh, talking about memorabilia that might be worth something in the future, make sure you buy the official program that we've been working on. Like whirling dervishes with a short turnaround time. Kevin and his team have put that together. Internet outages as well. Yep. So uh, that will be on sale at the stadium, and there will be a very, very limited number on sale from our website, from our store. So uh, keep an eye out for that. We'll be leaking a few photos of that over the next couple of days, so you can see a bit of the inside. But it looks fantastic. So it will be on sale at the stadium. Make sure you get your copy of what could be a historic day for either side. You'll get it out. I'm sure we have enough confetti, we'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, au.442.com for pictures. Yeah, we will, be, we will be searching Anthony as he leaves the building every night between now and the Grand Finals to make sure he's not leaving with a box of them. But anyway. <laughs> All right, that's it. Enjoy the Grand Final. If you're there, be loud and proud. If you're not, enjoy it on the TV. And uh, we'll be back next week for our final podcast of the A-League season. Uh, that's it for us until then. Thanks, boys. Enjoy yourself. Cheers. 442 Insider is a Helms Media Solutions production. Visit helms.com.au to find out more about our services.